Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everybody. Hi. Recording live from somewhere. What's good, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. We'll get right into it here. A bit of a short one because only one Jets game since the last time we aired, and they're off for a little bit after that. So we'll just do a breakdown of that Jets win over the Edmonton Oilers. And then we'll get into an absolute must-listen interview, guys. These, <laughs> I swear to God, it was like a comedy show more so than than a food interview or a talk about one of the newer places in the town. Uh, Stefan and Nick, just a couple of absolute beauties, were gracious enough to take their time to join me. And we talked about their new place. I don't know if you've seen it or not. After this, though, you're definitely going to be checking them out. Cosmos, let me make sure I get this right here. Cosmos Space Cowboy Food Cantina. It rolls off the tongue, but they joined us to talk about their place some of their extremely creative menu items and probably the most, I would have to say it's the most unique way, the most unique background into starting a restaurant. So you're going to absolutely want to tune into that. That's coming in about 10 minutes. But first, football fans, the moment you've been waiting all season for is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of the huge prizes is enter DraftKings free, yeah, free Super Bowl prediction challenge. And once you submit your picks, you get a free instant prize potentially as much as 25k that's a free instant prize just for submitting on DraftKings up to $25,000 on top of that if you have the most predictions correct you could win the top prize of 1 million download the app now download the DraftKings app now enter the free prediction challenge answer questions like who will score last and boom let the money shower down on you it's that simple DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to its players since 2012. So yeah, they know a thing or two about the big paydays. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. 
So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We're just over a week away from the Super Bowl. I hope you're getting your game day menu ready and raring to go. I'm already figuring things out. I've got some things going on. I'm thinking I'm thinking I want to do some kind of out there spring roll. Maybe inspired by the good guys out there at Cosmos where, you know, veggies or chicken, something like maybe like a cheesesteak spring roll. I want to put something like that to go out there with the uh, the wings, whether they're chicken or cauliflower, just I, I'm coming. I've got a pretty good mind meld going, so I'm excited and Jack to get that started. But quickly here, we'll just get into that Jets Oilers game, which was an absolute beauty, a 6-4 win for the Winnipeg Jets. How about that top line performance? That's right. The Winnipeg Jets first line. Nick Ehlers, Stasny, Kopp, they were just flying out there. Yeah, that's right. This there's a new top line here in Winnipeg right now. There, there's no other way to put it. They've been one of the best lines in hockey so far early on this season, those three. Unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, they've clearly outplayed Shifley, Wheeler, Connor at both ends of the ice even. Even, even offensively, they've been better than Shifley, Wheeler, and Connor. So definitely a positive here that they're performing at that level. But to me, there's no doubt who the top dogs are as of right now. And Nick Ehlers... My God, this this kid has gone from to borderline all-star to the point now where he's just flat out one of the best players in hockey. Like It's just that simple. He's right there with McDavid and Marner for the NHL scoring race, and he's doing so in very, very limited minutes still, which is, I, to me, it's got to change. I thought it should have changed going into the season, but to not have Nick Ehlers playing at least 20 minutes a night, it, it feels like we're being cheated. Like it's a crime against humanity a little bit. He only had in that game too, 16, 19. Ah, oh, you gotta get, you gotta find a way to get him more ice time. How, however it is, whether it's, you know, playing that line more, getting him on the top power play. I mean, sprinkling him in with different lines here and there. It's, it's just pretty clear that Nick Ehlers is this team's best player. And I don't know if it's all that close right now to start off the season. He's just been absolutely outstanding. But so has Andrew Kopp, too. Like, give Andrew Kopp a ton of credit. He's the guy that does a lot of the grunt work on that line. But he showed some nifty mitts as well. Like, he's a nice complimentary piece on that line with Stasny and Ehlers. And then you have Paul Stasny, who just... The dude just makes... You know, he makes every right play. He's He's always... There's so many little things he does on the ice that, you know, as they tally up over the course of 60 minutes, they more often than not lead your team to victory. But then he throws out a nice little dangle to set up Nick Ehlers goal. I mean, the guy is just amazing. And the only the only crappy part of that trade is that you're not getting 31 year old Paul Stasny and you can't have him here in Winnipeg for the next four or five years. But that line 100 percent led the way. And you wonder, even when Mr. Dubois comes in, we'll get to this in a little bit, how in the world are you ever going to break Stasny, Kopp, and Ehlers up? I do want to get to the ice time because over the last few games, I've been I've been keeping a closer eye on it. What's going on with that top line? What's going on with Mark Shifley? Because Paul Maurice really ran, you know, Shifley in particular, but the other two hard as well. And this has just been a crazy stretch of games, six games in nine days. 
So I, I was just, I, I was curious going into the season, would, would the Jets maybe ease up and, and try and divvy out the ice time semi-evenly between the four lines and avoid, you know, Shifley, I think, played 23, 24 minutes a night, essentially, last season? Yeah, that hasn't been the case so far. This isn't on Mark Shafley. This is on Paul Maurice as the head coach who divvies out the ice time. There was absolutely no need whatsoever to have Mark Shafley play 26 minutes in last night's game. 20 minutes, almost 21 minutes of even strength time. Like, what the hell? There's That game did not necessitate Mark Shifley playing as much as he did. I mean, A, because it wasn't like that line was really going all that well through 40 minutes and maybe, you know, in part because of how much they played over the last little while, but the Ehlers-Stasny cop line in a game that had McDavid and Dreisaitl on the other side were by far the best line out there. And they weren't even sniffing 20 minutes, not, not even close. Stasny 17, 19, that was boosted a little bit. I mean, a lot actually by, by being on the first power play unit and Andrew cop. 1838 boosted by some power play and some shorthanded time. Nick Ehlers played less even swing time than either of those guys. Like I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can watch Nick Ehlers out there and think, yeah, let's try and make sure we keep that under 17 minutes tonight. Don't want to play him 20, but Mark Scheifele will go out there every second shift. Pretty much. I, I, I didn't understand it and it's not sustainable either. Like you're, you're hurting Mark Shifley's game, in my opinion, by playing him that much. And and maybe it changes when Pierre-Luc Dubois comes in. But even for the next game against Vancouver, like there's no need to play Mark Shifley that much against the Canucks, right? Like have Shifley's line play 20 minutes. Have Ehlers Stesny Cop play 20 minutes. You could have Adam Lowry's line play, you know, 15 or something, you know, something along those lines, and then the fourth line, which has actually been pretty solid so far, they can you know take the scraps, but there there has to be way more of a balance, specifically with the top line of Stasny Copeilers and Mark Shifley's line with Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler. Now the big hot story so far this week, maybe because there's only been one game, and and maybe it's the new toy shiny toy syndrome, but all everyone has talked about so far has been where. Are we going to put Pierre-Luc Dubois into the Winnipeg Jets forward lineup? Now, <laughs> it's a tough... I still don't even know where and, and how you go about it necessarily. Now, here's... There's still a decent amount of time before he's going to actually play with the team. He has to quarantine for 14 days, so he's going to miss about four or five more games somewhere in around there. Uh, so that gives you some time. I mean, four or five games in this season is a long time. So you can see who's playing well, who's playing hot, who is, who's maybe cooled off a bit. Like, for example, if Andrew Kopp, who has, I think, nine points in seven games right now, if he goes pointless in the next few, then you know what? It's a little bit easier to put Pierre-Luc Dubois there. Or if Wheeler or Connor struggle a little bit, or you want to see someone with, right? Like, whatever way you want to go about it, I think you don't need to make a concrete decision right now. But that's no fun. <laughs> so we'll try. I, I mean, to me, there's two different ways to go about this this Jets lineup and in, in figuring out where to put Pierre-Luc Dubois. Maybe the most likely would be your old school loaded up top six slash top nine. Where you would have Connor Shafley Wheeler still. We'll take Andrew Kopp off the second line. 
And and whoever you want at center, I, I don't really care all that much, but it would be a second line of Dubois, Stasny, Ehlers. A third line, Lowry, Kopp, and Perot maybe, or Appleton. Either way, Lowry and Kopp are you know, the main keys of that third line, and then you figure out the fourth line with whoever's playing well at that time, although I think Jansen Harkins at this point is an absolute must-keep in the lineup. You know, I, I understand that balancing the lineup is is kind of in vogue right now. It's maybe more the, the analytical way, but I kind of like that lineup, guys. Like, I I don't know. There's just something to... Maybe it's just the sexiness of Stasny Dubois Ehlers. Like, to have that as, you know, potentially a secondary scoring line, that that is unfair. And you hear those three being put together, and you can't help but wonder, you know, maybe could the Jets actually win this division? Never mind a playoff spot. Could they actually go out there and win it? Maybe getting ahead of myself a little bit. But that's the intrigue of that one where, and especially with how well Lowry has played this season, that you feel, you know what, I feel pretty good about Adam Lowry being a third-line center right now, a guy that's a point-of-game player. It's a point-of-game, four goals, same amount of goals he had last year. So I there's a lot of intrigue for me, and I almost might even lean towards that one a little bit. But then you have the other option where you go big, heavy depth right down the middle. And the Winnipeg Jets might have, in that scenario, the best center depth, one through four, in the entire NHL. So you would go Shifley, Dubois, Stasny, Lowry down the middle. And, I mean, we've heard a bunch of different combinations here. I'm not even sure. I still don't know which the best one might be. Uh, we we saw this. I mean, this was a bit of an out there one, too, from, from North End Rick who mentioned maybe putting Shifley out there on the wing to keep Ehlers, Stasny, Kopp together, and then you could have Dubois centering Shifley, Connor, and a third line of Lowry, Perot, and Wheeler. I, I don't even mind that one either all that much, to be honest, although that's different from, from where I was going there. That's an intriguing one that I don't think Paul Maurice gives a whole ton of thought to, um, but it's an option maybe down the road, and especially if, if Mark Shifley's defensive struggles continue to go on and on. Another option could be, and and Troy Westwood on the big show on, on TSN 1290 brought this up this morning, of kind of creating pairs, right? And so in, in his potential lineup, there was a pair of Shifley Connor, then a pair of Stasny Ehlers, then a pair of Dubois Wheeler, and then a fourth line in Lowry, Harkins, and Lewis. So Connor Shifley Appleton, you keep Stasny Cop Ehlers together, and then a third line of Dubois, Wheeler, and Perot. So I mean there's a ton of different ways to go about this. And again, I don't know which one is is the right one, but do you guys not get excited as as you go through it in, in either way, honestly? Like whether you go, you know, Shifley, Dubois, Stasny, Lowry down the middle, or you find a way to keep Ehlers, Stasny, Cop together, and you you mix Dubois in and out somewhere. I I think it's I think it's time to get a little excited here. And the Jets, the Jets as of right now might have the best forward core in the North Division, even ahead of Toronto with Matthews, Marner, and and Tavares and Nylander. So I either way, I'm I'm very intrigued, and I I think it's exciting times here in Winnipeg. Again, it, it feels like maybe just maybe I'll, I know it's early still, but hey, maybe we're getting closer to you know not can this team clinch a playoff spot this year can they clinch somewhere closer to the top of the north division
But enough hockey for now. We'll move over to the plates portion of Skates and Plates. Very pleased now to be joined with, well, they wanted to be known as the either co-owners, co-proprietors, or lords of Cosmos Space Cowboy Food Cantina, Stefan Litwin and Nick Belak. How's it going tonight, guys? Uh, it's going great, man. Yeah, going super great. We're doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. I, I mean, as soon as we were talking off air there and you guys brought up that as your title, I know this is going to be, and, and judging by your website and just everything in general, that this <laughs> is going to be a bit of a beauty interview. Oh, well, we hope so, man. We're, we're here to answer all your, all your hardball questions, all your gotchas. so well let's just start off with this because every every restaurant every food place has you know the quote-unquote unique story but i don't know if any of them can touch what you guys have going on with how this got started so just let our listeners know how cosmos came to be well i mean stefan and i are cousins uh for our whole lives yeah i guess we were like out at the lake one day and you know during the pandemic and sort of like you know, uh, had a couple wobbly pops and we're just doing about what it is we could do. I'm an actor, uh, who was on Broadway for a couple of years and then Australia doing, a, uh, the book of Mormon and Stefan, uh, is a sous chef here in the city at Darren Almond. And, um, uh, we did mushrooms and then decided, uh, that Cosmos is probably, uh, was the, the thing to do. I don't know. Born from that, here we are, I guess. It's either a really great idea or a really stupid one. We're not sure yet, but I think we'll find out eventually. <laughs> All great ideas are kind of stupid, though, so I think you guys are on the right track. And I'm, I'm glad yeah, you brought that yeah. up because, I mean, you, you definitely have, a, a, I guess, a vibe, a brand. Yeah. I, I hate using the word brand. I think it's more of a vibe you guys are rocking with. It reminded yeah, me. We're trying to cultivate. Yeah, yeah I mean, it reminded me of a pound cake slice I had in Amsterdam. You mentioned mushrooms at the lake. It, it's, yeah. it's just like, is, is, four, is 420 food kind of the, uh, the general aura that yeah. you're going with the menu here? Yeah, yeah. I think some, yeah. Very 420 friendly, for sure. Very 420 vibes, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, at least our, our, our patrons and clientele seem to uh, have, a, have a need and want to tell us in uh, all their little like messages and on our Instagram and stuff. So we've, we've definitely created a small little cult. Uh, it feels like and following of other like-minded individuals, which is super fun. But yeah, de- <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's a we're just like it's very silly. But I think we uh, like we're just sort of not frustrated, but just like wanted to create an environment and make food and make something that we would like to see. Um, what what would make us laugh? And you know, we're kind of tired of seeing restaurants like. I don't know. Take themselves too seriously? Like, yeah, yeah. Just like, why not just be like your authentic self and have a laugh? You know, I think that's especially important in times like these. So, yeah, we're just trying to just have a good laugh and a, and a good time. And people seem to re- be responding. So uh, it's working out for us so far. So is that part of the uh, the social media? Like, are you guys in charge of the Instagram and everything like that? Because it's it's out there. It's 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 something I've never seen before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we ship that all out to the Philippines. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've definitely. Um, I don't. I don't know. Well, because we're a ghost kitchen, you know, the only way that we can really like interact with with uh, our customers is through social media, and so we just like are decided a while ago to 
I don't know, have as much fun with that as we can. And yeah, because we don't really have, like, a brick and mortar mm-hmm. where you can come and really see what we're all about and the environment. And, yeah, the environment and everything. Uh, yeah, social media was the landscape that we had to create and to work with yeah. to really, uh, you know, bring people in. Yeah, and can you just explain to our listeners what a ghost kitchen is? Oh, yeah. Yes, you want to? Uh, yeah, it, it's basically, like, uh, a restaurant that just operates, like, out of a satellite kitchen, uh, one that doesn't have, um, that's all up to code. Yeah, it, it's all up to code. <laughs> it's up to code, for sure. And, uh, yeah, there's just, there's no dining area. You know, there's there's no seats or anything like that. It's just, like, uh, it's just, like, our own little satellite kitchen. And so all, all of our orders uh, that we take happen either, like, on the phone or through our website or, you know, DoorDash, skip the dishes, Uber Eats, that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 So the, so the online presence, that whole digital aspect, uh, is really, really important, obviously. And I think that there's like, you know, especially with the pandemic it sort of accelerated, uh, this kind of dining and I don't think it's going away, obviously. So I think like, I don't know, we were like, why not just like embrace, embrace like the ghost kitchen and that sort of thing and be on the forefront of, you know, this kind of style of dining and see what we can do with it. And, uh, yeah, we decided to open up a restaurant in the middle of the pandemic. So I'll ask this to Nick here. Did you have a background in food or anything? And did your traveling and working on Broadway, working in Australia, did that like have any influences on the menu? And then maybe also, could you just explain, I mean, this is just badass. What's it? What's it like being a star on the Book of Mormon? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm an actor, so uh, I have some experience in the service industry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the the food and everything. Like Stefan's the real star of the show here. He's a he's a chef. I, I'm I'm sort of uh, I'm more the behind the scenes producing sort of thing. But uh, we, I mean, since we were like you know younger uh i'll say we've always talked about doing some sort of food thing together so um even when i was in new york or while i was in uh australia we're always constantly sending each other different you know food blogs and i don't know restaurant stuff and uh we've always talked about doing something together and then uh you know with the Book of Mormon, which was like an amazing, incredible experience. I mean, I've got seen a lot. Of, I've got to see a lot of stuff, uh, and, and and meet a lot of really incredible people, and go to some incredible places. But you know, the pandemic shut down everything. You know, and uh, the whole acting community, especially the theater, was sort of the first to be shut down, and probably will be the the last to return. Uh, and so we all had to pivot and. Um, you know, I saw it as an opportunity to finally do, you know, something that Stefan and I had talked about for such a long time. And so it's been like a really incredible opportunity to like make this pivot and make this adjustment and, uh, you know, just try something else. So, yeah. So, and, you know, who knows what's next, but, uh, you know, this has been like such a fun and rewarding experience. Um, so I can't really say if any of the food is really, like, if I have any influence here. I mean, uh, I, the magic is all really Stefan, comes from his brain. You know, I, I, I sort of every once in a while will be like, uh, why don't we sprinkle this in? But that's like the extent of my skills there.
All right, then um, I'll, I'll ask Stefan this here. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you saw this or know this, but do you know what the uh, intro or the description of you on the Raw Almond website is? No, I don't remember, actually. What is it again? Uh, inspired as much by his grandparents' kitchen as he is the snack aisles of 7-Eleven, he aspires to one day be known as the Grateful Dead of cooking. <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds more familiar now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that where you're at right now? Uh, yeah, I would say that still applies for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that that kind of whole idea. Like Nick, I think maybe wants to. He's underselling himself a little bit. He's eaten at some of the most amazing restaurants, like all over the states and in the world. And um, you know, we we both have. Uh, an appreciation, uh, like I come from a fine dining background and, and did that for a long time. Um, but we we have an appreciation for that highbrow, but also, you know, know when to mix in a little bit of like the lowbrow and kind of like the comfort food, you know. And um, yeah, I would say as much as I grew up like eating the most amazing, like cooking from my family and, you know, once. We started getting older and going to restaurants and stuff, but, you know, never forgetting, like, those serious flavors that come from, uh, you know, roaming the aisles of 7-Eleven at <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning or, you know, coming home late at night. So, yeah, it's definitely been, like, a super interesting blend, you know. I think, like, we really wanted to try and create, you know, yeah, that mix of highbrow and lowbrow sort of thing, like, something that you know, like elevated comfort food, you know, something that your your dad's not going to feel scared of ordering off the menu, but yeah. is also like yeah, really also, kick-ass. Yeah, trying to stay like completely unpretentious about the whole thing too. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like I think a lot of restaurants are like so like, you know, there's a lot of like it's an honor for us to serve you sort of <laughs> deal and we're just kind of over that, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think I think we can like try and be more uh, our authentic selves, and I think people have really responded to that. So, I mean, we definitely get emails about the swearing and stuff, but uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not Cosmo's family restaurant, I guess. <laughs> what, well, like, what, what do the emails say? Because I mean, it's your own social media page. Like, I don't get why it's why it's an issue. You're not you're not like me where I have to watch what I say on air. I, what, what, like, yeah, what do yeah. people get all pissy about? Yeah, I don't even know. I think people just have too much time on their hands, you know? That's, that's you know, uh, actually, and, and some of them don't even make any sense. So. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, it's people being like, you know, we got like a lot of stoned kids who write us messages that are weird and cryptic in some way <laughs> that, you know, it's like lots of spelling mistakes, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Give me can I has Jim Ken burger, you know. <laughs> just so just so stupid. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just really stupid and fun. Yeah. But <laughs> we're glad like we're putting a smile on people's faces, especially now, you know? Absolutely. And and maybe like what you guys touched on in that answer there, is that part of the reasoning behind something on your menu like the tater tots? It's one of those things that, you know what, maybe it's not as highbrow as, you know, fancy fries and duck fat or something like that, but it's something right. everybody grew up with and loved. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things that um, you know, that you unabashedly love growing up as a kid and it's one of those flavors that still sticks 
in your brain, it's, it's still delicious. Like, yeah, like everything. You weren't, you weren't wrong as a kid. Yeah, like the <laughs> like we do uh, a pizza pocket that we make in house from scratch, and like you know, like I think everyone has like some sort of memory of having a pizza pocket after school or you know whatever. So I mean, like nostalgia is definitely. Uh, I think like there's there's a major influence there. Yeah, uh, I mean the tater tot, the, the mac and cheese, like it's all it's all sort of like yeah, comfort, nostalgia kinds of food. That yeah, and, and anytime we um, we try to maybe get like a little fancy with things, it it doesn't work out, yeah, and <laughs> and we just go back to the like to yeah. the same old. What if yeah. we like did like a caviar tot, and then you know, and then we're like, nah, no. That's, no, not gonna that's, not gonna, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. It's also not our crowd, I think. <laughs> no, I think you guys have the menu nailed down right now. I, I like I like yeah. the vibe it's given off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us too. Us too. All right, so let's just dive into the menu now. You have four different sandwich combos. That, that's kind of, the, I guess, the main course, the entrees of what you guys are doing here. Is there like a most popular item that everybody digs the most? Yeah, I mean, for when we first started, we wanted to try out a couple different things. Uh, it was really important for us to do like a burger, uh, which is the golden gal. Um, and we wanted to make it, you know, really showcasing just the beef. We grind all of our, like all our meat in house. Uh, like every single day we make the burgers fresh and we just wanted to make it really simple. Just meat, cheese, onions, pickles, and sauce. Um, and so, that one was big. We took it away for like a couple weeks to try and fit something else on the menu, and people freaked out. Yeah, people freaked out. And we had to bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I would also say the the Chimkin burger is uh, yeah the, the, the fried the, the chicken, chicken sandwich. sandwich. Uh, really, it like it outsells everything two to one. Yeah, yeah. that that one that one's up my alley. Just just the yeah. way it's all put together and everything, and uh, it's awesome. It's so good. I know you guys use, uh, is it the Flaming Hot Cheetos you use for the breading for that? Because I know you use it in some of your other items. Uh, it's, it's shown up uh, several times on our menu yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in a couple different ways. Now, the, the spicy chimkin actually has like a, just like a spicy powder that we kind of made up that's got a bunch of different stuff in it. Uh, but the Cheetos used to go on top of the mac and cheese and... Uh, now the Cheetos come on top of the uh, the hockey dog. So, yeah. It's, a, it's an ingredient that never really leaves our kitchen, and we're just trying to find different ways to utilize yeah. it. What what ways can we use Cheetos? Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. totally get that because I, I, I probably shouldn't share this, but my dog at home, more than anything in the world, he knows the sound of a bag of Cheetos opening up. <laughs> and he's like legitimately addicted, so we gotta we, we gotta cut back at my place. You guys can keep oh, it going yeah, though. I hear, I hear that. Uh, man, talk about the hockey dog. Uh, I guess is that a kind of your homage to uh, what's sold at uh, Bell MTS Place? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, we are at liberty to to say. I think that. for legal reasons, yeah, we don't have to mention uh, names. Just know. yeah, uh, maybe like a tip of the hat to the old <laughs> hockey dog. To yeah, the old hockey game. You know, inspired by. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like as, as soon as the the Jets started back up, we uh, just that feeling of I, I mean, I for one, when I get to the rink, that is the first thing that I do is grab 
a wobbly pop and a uh-huh. hot dog. You have to do it. Yeah, you got to have a dog, man. You got to have a dog going. And you have, and you and fully so, load it and you eat it very precariously as you're basically bent over yeah, somebody. That that thing where you're like sitting in a seat like too close <laughs> between two big guys and your elbows are sort of like touching each other because you don't have any room and you're sort of like holding a beer and a hot dog at the same time and just like praying that there's no reason why you have to stand up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, the hockey dog, when the Jets came back, I mean, first of all, we put a flat screen TV in the kitchen so that we can watch all the games. In fact, that's what's happening right now is they're watching, uh, <laughs> they're watching the Ottawa Vancouver game right now. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But we were like, oh, well, we have to do something for um, when uh, hockey comes back. So that's kind of like where the hockey dog was born. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the, perfect, the perfect sandwich for uh, all your hockey needs, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's got everything on it, so there's that, too. Like, for, for anybody who's a fan, like, it's got every, I mean, you got two different kinds of meats, pierogies, sauce, onions. What, <laughs> yeah. is, is must mayo stirred? Is that just a mix of... Every condiment too. Yeah, that's a it's a secret blend of mayo and mustard. <laughs> secret, yeah, <laughs> secret yeah. recipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, so with these four main menu items, I was just wondering. You mentioned the the mushroom experience at the lake that kicked everything off. Were were uh, these some of those? Like, was this the ridge that that uh, kicked off back then? You know what? I mean, not really. They kind of just they they happen they happen naturally. I would say, like, we kind of had some parameters, some things that we wanted to put on the menu. But as far as, like, the toppings go... The world's our oyster. Yeah, they kind of, <laughs> you know, like, I spent a lot of time, like, in Chinatown, going to a lot of, like, the different uh, grocery stores there. Okay. And just walking down the aisle, you know, you see ingredients pop up. You're like, yeah, I, I know how to use that. I know where I want to use that. So, yeah, it, a lot of it is, like, just based on what's going on around us. Uh, we're also inspired by, you know, other places we see on the internet all over the place. Like we're just like everybody else, you know. We we follow all the trends on Instagram. So yeah, it's it's yeah. inspired by everything really. What's the craziest thing with either a clear or hazy mind that you guys have thought of or actually made that didn't make it to the menu or might make it onto the menu in the future? I mean, the lasagna is pretty crazy. Yeah, we had a really good lasagna for, like, a New Year's Eve special that had chorizo, and uh, it was topped with flaming Hot Cheetos. Nice. <laughs> um, so that was pretty great. We are we ran a, uh, a Crunchwrap Supreme. Oh, yeah, that was um, pretty crazy. That was pretty crazy, and we're working on a special... Crunchwrap Supreme that's going to come out in the next couple of weeks, too. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We basically go like, okay, how can we, like, you know, take this idea of like whatever it is and like just take it to the stratosphere and really take it to flavor country? You know, <laughs> uh, there's a bit of like uh, a what would Guy Fieri do to this? Yes. And then how can we yes. do it our own way? <laughs> you know, like, All right. what would Guy Fieri do? Yeah. We'll send you one. You know, speaking of T-shirts, I, I'm I'm down with the WWGFD, and then you also, I mean, your long sleeve shirt is that's pretty fire, guys. I, I'm impressed. Oh, I might yeah. have to pick one of those up too. 
Yeah, yeah, those are great. They just came out. They're uh, we're super, super proud of them, man. We're we're moving them. People are people are wearing them. So that'll be uh, yeah. We yeah. we wanted to make sure that when our merch came out, that it equaled you know the the hype of our food a little bit. Yeah. We wanted to to take it to the next level. So <laughs> and and yeah, having that just like another way that people can enjoy you know. The Cosmos experience, like we really, uh, we're we're looking forward to the merch. And uh, one of the actually a third partner in the business is another good friend of ours who does uh, all of our design work and the website and everything. And his name is Nick Luchak, and he's a graphic designer in the city. Yeah, he's wicked talented. All right, shout out to Nick. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, all right. I, I feel like I'm keeping you guys a bit too long here, so I just got a couple more before I let you go. Um, but I did check out your Instagram right before we started this, and you guys have a beauty edition coming up for Poutine Week. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true, yeah. We kind of missed out on Fried Chicken Fest, which was last week. Uh, we were a little late on it, so uh, we yeah had to make sure that we were a part of Poutine Week. And yeah, you know, we we're we're taking our tots, we're taking our famous tots, and uh, just dressing them up a little bit, kind of like a crazy, like Mexican turkey tots. Oh, I love I love the innovation, guys. Well, I'm I'm yeah. I'm really intrigued for your answer on this because we close out every interview here on skates and plates with this question, and we've got some doozies before, but I don't know if anyone's going to touch you guys creativity wise. Uh, but especially with the Super Bowl coming up, too, it kind of fits in perfectly. But if you had to create the perfect Cosmos game day meal item, what would a Cosmos game day food look like? Ooh. Probably something, um, you know, completely over the top. <laughs> I would say, like, maybe a fully loaded tater tot nachos. Ooh. Uh yeah, I want that served on a trash can lid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta get that like that special drip cheese though. You uh, know, that you just you just put that on everything. That's what I would do. Like a like almost like a fondue fountain of like just oh, that that queso cheese like that, yeah. and then you got all your friends over and you just like you pull out a bunch of skewers and you just go, guys, just dip and rip. Yeah, like, just just whatever you want and just put out like a giant board of different like sausage, like whatever you can, your friend puts his mouth under the tap, like would, the water fountain. Okay, so queso, uh, queso fountain, a queso fountain. And then like a charcuterie yeah. board yeah. on a trash can, lid. on a trash can <laughs> lid. Yeah. That's what we're talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. you know, it's too bad, guys. We actually had a couple of places already give that suggestion. So, uh, yeah, get out of here. Back really? to back to the drawing board. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, tr- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, we'll keep an eye out for trash can queso fountain tater tots. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. This was an absolute blast. You guys are a pair of beauties. Uh, before I let you go, do you want to just let the listeners know where they can contact you, how they can grab your great food and merch, and I'll just give you guys the floor right now. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, if you want to find us, you can find us on Instagram at uh, Cosmos Food Cantina or our website. I mean, you can just Google us at Cosmos uh, Space Cowboy Food Cantina. 
uh, and find us on all the different platforms yeah. there. We're on, we're on Skip the Dishes, we're on DoorDash, we're on Uber Eats. And if you call the Cosmos hotline and come pick up the order yourself, you get 10% off. Yeah, uh, yeah, and on uh, all pickup and online orders, everything is 10% off. And check out our new merch uh, and uh, come, uh, come have a burger or something. Hey, you don't yeah. have to. You don't have to convince me, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for taking the time to join me. This this might have been the most fun we've had so far, and maybe we'll oh. ever have. But all oh, the best to you work. guys. All the best to Cosmos. Yeah, thanks for having us so much. It was a lot of fun, dude. All right, so that does it for us on another episode of Skates and Plates. Again, thanks so much to Stefan and Nick from Cosmos for joining me. Just, yeah, there's there's no other way but to call them just a bunch of beauties. And so make sure you check out Cosmos Space Cowboy Food Cantina. Check them out for Poutine Week. We'll get into Poutine Week and some of the uh, contestants a little bit later on in Tuesday's episode. We'll also break down a pair of Jets games uh, against the Canucks on Saturday night. And then looky, looky here, a four-game series against the Calgary Flames starting on Monday. They'll play Monday, Tuesday, Thursday in Winnipeg before heading out next, next week, Tuesday the 9th in Calgary. So a bit of a rematch. The first official, I guess, rematch of that play-in series against the Calgary Flames. But we'll dive into Canucks-Jets Saturday, Flames-Jets on Monday. We're going to talk about, I mean, the Super Bowl at that point is going to be less than a week away. So we got to, I, I want to know all your game day menu items. I want to know what your what your party plan is, what the food items, what, what it has to be. Will there be a single vegetable out there, drinks, everything? We're going to dive into all of that. And then later on in the week... In our next food interview, a former bomber is going to join us about his place here in the city. You might know who it is, but super jacked to talk with a name that we are all pretty familiar here with in the Peg City. But once again, thank you guys so much for listening to Skates and Blades on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Peace.